Matthew 5, verse 21 to 26. But you have heard that it was said to people long ago, Do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says, You fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary, who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still with him on the way, or he may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown into prison. I tell you the truth, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. Oh, good morning, everybody. And uh, not an easy reading to have on a Sunday morning. But my main focus today is going to be on the lovely theme of anger. So <laughs> let's just pray before I start. Heavenly Father, pray that you will come and speak to each one of us about the anger that we live with at times. Come and teach us what you want us to do with that anger and just how you can make our lives much calmer. And we pray that your Holy Spirit will be changing our hearts as we go through this day. Amen. So I discovered an interesting fact when I was preparing this. I, wa I was thinking, I wonder what age we start feeling angry about things. Now, I've not been a mum, although I've been involved with lots of babies. But it amazed me. I looked on several websites, and they said, they all agreed pretty much with each other. And it said, babies can feel anger from about three to four months old. Now, maybe those that are parents could say, yeah, I'd get that. But I must admit, I was a bit surprised. So this topic applies to every single person in this room, unless you're only about two months old. And then you can sleep and not worry about listening. So anger affects all of us. When we talk about anger like road rage, we're talking about our reaction to those that we feel are unfit to be driving on our roads. We suddenly become the judge and they shouldn't be there. They're doing the wrong thing. And it's easy for us to um, get angry about what they're doing. And road rage can suddenly appear in our um, car. And I don't need to say too much for you to know what some of the consequences of that have been over the years, not necessarily for us, but for people that we might have heard about. I found these statistics. I'm not sure when they were from, but they're quite interesting. It says, 45% of us regularly lose our temper at work. 64% of Britons working in an office have had office rage. 
33% of us aren't speaking to our next door neighbor, and 5% of us have come to blows with them. One wife said, my husband is so temperamental, 50% temper, 50% mental. 27% of nurses have been attacked at work. 85% of us are annoyed by people who answer mobile phones during meetings. And 50% of us have reacted to a computer problem by hitting our PC or laptop. Now, you can probably identify with some of those. And we could go on giving examples of when anger has got in the way. It's one of those things that we all struggle with. And in that reading, you could see Jesus had some pretty strong words to say about anger. Jesus is talking about those times when we've thought, I could kill him. I know when I um, used to be living at home with my family when I was much younger. I think I must have thought that quite a lot about my sister because we would be at loggerheads for each other certain times and um, I must have thought that quite frequently. Oh, I could kill her because she used to annoy me so much. You've probably felt the same about people and we might not say it verbally but we say it inside our heads. Now, if we're thinking things like that, God is going to treat us as if we've actually said it out loud and have done the deed. So God doesn't approve of us getting angry about people for that sort of reason. There's also the expression, if looks could kill well, I'm sure you can imagine. Anyone like to have an expression on their face now that you think would express some anger? Let's have a look. It's not going to be on the screen. Only I can see it. Any angry faces out there? Now, I can see lots of smiles. Not too many angry faces. But we all know, don't we, when we are angry... If we looked at ourselves in the mirror, we might be horrified at what we actually see. Now, we don't all get angry in the same way either, so we might not always recognize what's going on. Some of us are what we could call maniacs, exploders who blow up, throw things, yell, rage, have a rant, stamp around. And the first murder in human history was down to this and Cain killed his brother Abel out of jealousy and anger. Now other people handle anger by going mute so they'll go quiet, they don't admit that they're angry, they conceal it, put on a happy face, they say who me? No I'm not angry, everything's absolutely fine whereas inside there's a cauldron going on of all this anger whirling around and we're, those people are just pressing it down. It doesn't do our bodies any good. It can make you ill. 
repressed anger surfaces somewhere in our bodies. Our muscles tense up, which can lead to raised blood pressure, or our gut reacts, leading to ulcers, IBS, and so on. Now, our bodies react to all sorts of emotions, not just anger. The Roman philosopher Seneca said, anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured. Let me say that again. Anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured. So when we are angry about something or get angry with someone, we're the one who suffers the most. Next type of person is someone who deals with anger by being the manipulator. Now, rather than exploding like a maniac and it becoming very obvious to people that we're angry, manipulators retaliate in underhand ways. They can be sarcastic, make little jibes, little insults, hurtful humor, the whole passive-aggressive thing, little acts of revenge like, you spoiled my sleep with your snoring, so I'm going to burn your toast. Have you ever done that? I don't know. So we need to find a way of managing our anger. Now, firstly, not every type of anger is wrong. And we know that because we can read in the Bible that Jesus got angry. And we also read in the Bible that Jesus never sinned. So you can be angry in a righteous and good way, where you are becoming angry about a form of injustice that you are witnessing against people that you know is not a situation that God approves of. Now, the Bible uses the word angry or anger 455 times. And 375 of those are about God being angry over things like human cruelty and injustice. There's a story where Jesus goes into the temple and the money changers are there. And what did he do? He went in and overturned the tables and told them that they should not be doing what they were doing. And the reason was because they were making it hard for the poor and the foreign visitors to meet with God. They were forming a barrier. So not all anger is wrong. And righteous anger can lead to some brilliant things being done. Part of the motivation for William Wilberforce's campaign to abolish slavery from the British Empire was his anger over the injustice of slavery. Now, the problem with righteous anger is that we're not very good at distinguishing it from self-righteous anger. That's the sort of anger we tend to feel most of the time. So how are we going to deal with that self-righteous anger? Now, one good thing to do before, when you feel that anger start to rise up, is to stop and think before you speak. There's an old saying that says, speak when you are angry 
and you will make the best speech you will ever regret. That's why in the Bible it says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. So when you feel yourself getting angry, your heart's beating faster, you're breathing quickly, your body's getting tense, you're clenching your jaw and your fists, that's the time to stop and think before you speak. Maybe you might count to 10 or walk out of the situation until you've calmed down. Walking away is better than reacting to the anger. And by walking away or being quiet, that gives you time to understand your anger. Now, the majority of the times when we get angry is with someone we know rather than someone we don't. That's why road rage is such an odd thing because we're reacting against people we've never met and we'll probably never meet again. But, as I said, most of our anger is directed at people we know. It could be our spouse, a parent, child, somebody else in the church, someone we work with. And the reason they hurt so much is because we expect people who know us to treat us better. Now, there are other times our anger might not be due to some big personal insult, but due to an accumulation of small stresses. It's a bit like things are building up, building up, building up, and we have that phrase, the straw that breaks the camel's back. One little thing can cause a major eruption. I remember that happening to me at work a few times. So it could be these things together. Your boss has ignored you. Your husband or wife has kept you awake all night snoring. There's lots of idiots on the road. And you can't even have a cup of tea because the milk's gone off. One little thing at a time, and it can all combine to an eruption, like a volcanic eruption. So how can we deal with our anger so that that time bomb doesn't go off? Well, we can look for the signs. Work out when you feel yourself getting angry. It's going to be different for each one of us. We can try to slow down our breathing, to relax our body, try to distract ourselves. Now, a great thing to do that is to pray. We can ask God to help us calm down. It's okay to talk to God when you're angry. He'd far rather we shouted at him than at our neighbor because God can take it and we can then move on to being forgiven. But sometimes we need to apologize. In the reading that we had, Jesus said, If you're offering your gift at the altar and you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, go and sort it out. Be reconciled and then come back. Reconciliation is important in every relationship. And the quicker we do it, the better for everyone. In Ephesians, Paul wrote, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. 
how many of you manage to do that? I know some people make a definite point with their partner of not going to bed that night until they're sure that there's no anger between them. And then the final thing that we can do is to, when we know that we are heading towards anger is to ask God to help us by filling us with his Holy Spirit. When we're feeling the pressure and we're getting grumpy and irritable, whatever inside us is at some point going to come out. So we need to make sure that what's on the inside of us is God. If we're full with God's spirit, then good things are going to come out of us. What the Bible calls the fruit of the spirit. If we're full of God's spirit, then people will see us with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. None of those things are compatible with anger. And it'd be a much better world if people could live expressing the fruit of the Spirit rather than the anger that so easily rears its head. So when you're feeling under pressure, let that fruit be the thing that comes out of you instead of bitterness, rage, and anger. And it's only by letting the Holy Spirit renew our hearts that we're going to become more and more like Jesus. So you might say, well, I've been angry so much, I'm sitting here now feeling very angry. What, what am I going to do about that? Well, the good news is, in the gospel, we know that God will forgive us if we're truly sorry. Because 2,000 plus years ago, God allowed his son Jesus to be murdered on that cross. On a dark Friday afternoon, anger and wickedness were overcome by love and forgiveness. God allowed his son to be crucified on that cross, a very painful way to die, so that we could be given life, and so that our anger and bitterness could be transformed into joy and peace. And we can know that today if we will just ask. If we'll invite Jesus to give us that new beginning and he promises and to fill us with his Holy Spirit. Let's just pray. Jesus, we all have unforgiveness and hatred in our hearts. You know all our failings and weaknesses. Through your death on a cross, be merciful to us and forgive us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and produce in us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and self-control. Help us to diffuse anger and pursue reconciliation in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, anger's a hard one, isn't it? Should we stand? I think we should just wait on the Holy Spirit. I believe that behind any anger is hurt, disappointment. So I think if we just spend some time allowing the Holy Spirit 
disappointed you. And let's just surrender them into God's hands so he can bring freedom and breakthrough to those pains that could be a trigger to the things that make you angry. Lord, we thank you that you, when we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. You weep for us, Lord. You weep for our pain. You weep for our hurt. Even when you were about to raise Lazarus from the dead, you wept. I believe, I get a sense there's somebody here that Jesus said, come on, come on, I see you weeping, I see you hurting. Release it into my loving, faithful, comforting arms. We just declare breakthrough this morning. These pains and hurts, yeah, we declare freedom. We speak Jesus into these circumstances.
sense that I see this picture of Jesus trying to break through. I don't need to be afraid. All the work that, that God does in our lives, the Holy Spirit breaks through, is, is good. Peace. 